everyone. It is your fellow Harry Potter nerd and Hufflepuff, Emily. Before we get into today's episode, Maddie and I would like to introduce you to a really great Harry Potter podcast called Puffcast with some really cool people. Stay tuned because after this, things are gonna get weird. Welcome to Puffcast, your bi-weekly Harry Potter podcast, run by Puffs. I'm Melanie. And I'm Juliana. Do you like Harry Potter and Fantastic Beasts? Oh, yes. Oh, good. Are you looking for a fun, stress-free place to just have a good conversation, play some silly games, and hear from some great guests? Yes, please tell me more. Oh, boy. Well, then this podcast is for you. We would like to invite you to join our happy common room. Get comfy, have some pizza, make new friends, and be part of the conversation. All houses are welcome. You can find Puffcast every other Wednesday on all platforms where podcasts are found. So we'll see you in the common room. And until then, stay puffy. And badger on. the what if i told you podcast a show where we only support consensual drug use yeah we have nothing against drug use uh, as long as you are aware and willing as long you know as long as you're not hurting others what you do in your personal time is not our business yeah um so you know just stay safe out there yeah stay safe and uh don't drug other people yeah, I guess yeah. Is what we're going to say. Also, um, we're recording virtually again for the last time. Next week, we will be back. In Sound quality will be beautiful. You can probably hear my dog barking. Rowan. He just wants to be on the show. Well, and he's real sad because... We showed our house today, and he had to go in his kennel because he's scary, so. Oh, yeah. Sad boy. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, but if you haven't already, look us up on Instagram at what if I told you pod. We also have a Facebook, what if I told you podcast. Mm-hmm. And our TikTok, which has two videos, soon to have a couple more. We're trying to be cool on the TikToks. We are. We are trying to do some creative shit currently as we speak. Yeah. So, you know, I just feel like, like, this is the first time I've felt like an old person because there's so many features on TikTok. And I'm like, you have to have a goddamn degree to operate this thing. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. I haven't like I have a personal TikTok just 
mainly to watch like and follow other TikTokers, but I'm considering making some videos. I haven't fully decided what they are yet though. We'll see. You know, I really like TikTok. Um, I love how my algorithm has developed. It really just hits every point that I need to see throughout the day. Yeah. Lots of cats, Mm. lots of, uh, lots of just weird random shit. Love that. So. Yeah. Mine is like a lot of finance videos, like home improvement videos Mm -hmm. and dogs. So, yeah. Which it's weird. Makes sense. So makes sense. Be cool. I've uh, noticed a lot of like book talk videos are popping up on my page. Yeah. Which are great. That was kind of like, so I had like two different ideas about making videos for my TikTok. And one would be 15 second book reviews. And then also I've seen a lot of people doing like, lip sync while they like put makeup on I saw a girl Mm -hmm. do like Ursula and sing like lip sync to that song and I thought that was cool my idea would be like doing old emo songs oh that would be amazing doing like hair and makeup from back in the day (laughs) like whatever year that song came out or whatever I feel like that would be really cool we all know that I'm not a makeup person but there are a lot of videos like that that will pop up for me and they're always very interesting to watch and it's so creative yeah it's really creative and a lot of like the songs that I would pick would be like metal songs so Mm -hmm. I would you know like Attila would be really fun because they're like party metal um and just other like 2007 to 2013 like metal and yeah. hardcore. Yeah. There is uh, a lot of older OG emo kids on the TikTok now. And yeah. it's so funny to me. And like, no offense. I mean, things change. Um, to me, I mean, it's 2021. I feel like there's not a lot of scene emo little punk kids out there anymore. Yeah. But the ones that claim to be, um, are also like wearing Nirvana shirts without knowing who Nirvana is, which is fine. I get it, I guess. It's very trendy right now. But it also makes me sad that they're like listening to these new A Day to Remember, the new A Day to Remember album, and 100% has never listened to their old shit, which is actually their good shit. Yeah, their old shit is their good shit. Um, I personally really really have a problem with people like rocking an old Nirvana t-shirt and then they literally have no idea what you mean whenever you ask them oh shit my favorite song is lithium what's yours and they're like I don't know Mm -hmm. what that means excuse me you don't know lithium yeah I just I just don't think I've ever rocked a band tee without actually being an active listener. Cause why would I have purchased that t-shirt? That's exactly right. I've literally never worn a band t-shirt of a band that I didn't know most of their discography. 
Right. I actually just got a new Sublime shirt in the mail today. Yeah. I mean. It was time. I feel the same way about like book quotes. A lot of people love to like get book quotes tattooed on them, but they don't even know what book it's from. Mm, Yeah. A, A lot of people like to quote Oscar Wilde. Dude was fucking cool. And he was like really the OG like LGBT person. Like a lot of people in the LGBT community love Oscar Wilde because he was in prison for having a relationship allegedly with the Archduke. And so homosexual relationships were not legal. So he's put in prison for like two years. Mm -hmm. Um, But have any of them, any of the people who are getting Oscar Wilde tattoos on them actually read The Importance of Being Earnest or Dorian Gray? Probably not. You know, even like as a book reader, I have never once claimed to have read like any classic novel. I will be the first to admit like, I don't know what you're talking about because I haven't read those, nor do I really plan to. Well, The Importance of Being Earnest is a play and it's, it's like, it's very satirical and it's really like all irony. All of it Mm -hmm. is irony. And so it's just really funny. Um, Dorian Gray is actually a movie that was made in like 2007 or eight or something. Um, Ben Barnes, who is going to be in the Shadow and Bone Netflix series, played Dorian Gray because he's beautiful. And that's kind of the premise. Dorian Gray is beautiful and he sees a painting of himself. And it's so beautiful that he says, I would give my soul to never age. And so Mm -hmm. then the painting ages and he doesn't. So all of his sins and debauchery and everything he does in his life, opium dens, orgies, whatever, it ages the painting and he stays beautiful and young. It's one of the best novels ever written. I will go on record. Very interesting. It's it's one of my favorites. I own like three copies of it. Oh, damn. Three different editions of this book. And it was so uh, controversial at the time it was released that um, the editor who published the book wouldn't publish it. They had to heavily edit out some racy scenes of the book Mm -hmm. because it was just too, I think it was some like gay sex scenes potentially, but Harvard printed an unedited copy and I own it and it's amazing I perfect searched for that book for years <laughs> <laughs> that's funny it's so that's crazy. your lesson Neat. there we go there we go yes well for the food nook this morning it's not morning it's afternoon I feel like I do that a lot yeah I just never know what time of day it is it's fine I just ate lunch I had some leftover Chinese food it was delicious leftover Chinese always hits the spot yeah and there's not really any better feeling than waking up and then like eating breakfast and then lunchtime rolls around and you're like what are we gonna make for lunch and then you're like oh my God, we have leftover Chinese. It just, it's one of the best feelings. Yes, I agree. So I'm full as 
fuck right now? Um, yeah, I haven't eaten lunch. We kind of ate a later breakfast than usual, mm-hmm. like nine or so. Um, I had an mm-hmm. egg, bacon, toast, you know, your typical breakfast. And I've just Delicious. been drinking coffee since then. So this will be a quick recording, you guys. Um, it's time uh, to eat. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it's been very rainy here the past couple of days. So everything, which I love the rain, but it does make me sleepy. And freaking daylight savings time is tonight. I know. I know. First of is all, is it tonight or it is? It's ten, it's like 2 a.m. tonight. Oh, okay. I thought it for some reason when I said that, I was like, wait, no, it's tomorrow night. I thought it was Sunday night. Mm-mm. That oh, would really God. fuck people up. Oh my God. Yeah. So relieved. tonight at two, the clocks will jump ahead to three. That's fine. Yeah. It doesn't typically mess me up too bad. Um, I am glad that it's going to be getting dark later. I hate mm-hmm. when it's dark at like 4.30. Ugh, it's the worst. Yeah. Um, but I need someone to explain to me why we're still doing daylight savings. It's so dumb. It literally serves no one any purpose it anymore. It doesn't serve anyone any purpose anymore. Um, so I need someone to explain why it hasn't been canceled. It needs to be canceled because it just throws everyone into a panic for some reason. Yeah. Let's stop yes. this madness. Let's stop the madness. So, um, um, let's see. We kind of have a chips corner, kind of not, because he sent us some info on how phones are encrypted, which is very hard for me to explain. But basically, let's say your password is. 1111, your phone is registering that as 3333 or some shit like that. Yeah. He sent so, a whole video, but we I can't play it because we're recording virtually. So maybe we'll post it on our Instagram with his permission. Yes, we should definitely do that. Um, because it is like, it's complicated, but like, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a whole realm that I will never need to be aware of. No, but I loved that he was aware of it. Uh, yeah, thanks, Chip. I would certainly not have looked that up, probably. No, Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So, yeah, the encrypted phone goes back to our last episode on Caitlin Aikens. Um, and the fact that her stepdad had some shit encrypted on his phone and that she was also using an app to text that was encrypted as well. So her phone mm-hmm. at large wasn't encrypted, but she had an app for texting that was encrypted. So, you know, there's some shit happening there. Right. And if you haven't listened to the episode on Caitlin, you should. It's real good. You should. It's a good one. It's a weird one. And it's kind of just one of those cases that yep, just sticks with you. Sticks with you, man. So today we are going to be talking about MKUltra. You know it. 
it's kind of it's interesting yeah um it's it sounds a little intimidating it sounds like something you don't want to be lost in a rabbit hole on and you're right yeah it's um, very rabbit holy so what exactly is mk ultra you may ask well we have answers for that and non-answers i guess once we get to the end of the episode but Project MKUltra is also called the CIA Mind Control Program. MKUltra is the code name given to a program of experiments on humans by the CIA, and some of which were actually pretty illegal. Yeah. And these experiments were intended to identify and develop drugs and procedures in order to be used in interrogations to weaken the individuals and force confessions through mind control so yeah we're already in like a whole new realm here yeah we're like the highest levels of conspiracy right now it goes all the way to the top and it's insane it's so insane I just can't believe that this shit was happening. I know. Like, talking about it in depth kind of makes you feel like a psychopath. Yes, it does. So, but we're here. That's why we're here. Um, we're just trying to enlighten you. So the project was created during the Cold War and fears that the Soviet Union... Chinese and North Koreans were using mind control tactics to question American prisoner of wars being held in North Korea. Yeah. So, yeah. So, like the bulk of MK Ultra was happening during like the 50s and 60s. So, we're like height of that Soviet paranoia where the threat of nuclear war was very rampant and they had like the nuclear war drills where people are like at schools getting under their desks and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's high paranoia and the Soviet Union and along with, I guess we thought that they were kind of cohorts with the Chinese and the North Koreans. It was just bundle of paranoia so, so insane. it's so insane um but the soviet union doesn't exist anymore and if you're listening to this and you don't know what the soviet union is it's russia so anyway so the background and the origin of mk ultra so the name MK Ultra is actually a cryptonym. And that means that the name is intentionally obscure in order to, for the meaning to be in code and only insiders will know the parts that make up the sum of what they stand for. So of course, only people in the project know what MK Ultra is. Um, so first the MK portion is a diagraph and it indicates the, that the project was sponsored by TSS, which is the agency's technical services staff. So they were 
I don't know if funding the project, it says sponsored by, um, when you think of sponsored by, you think of money. So I'm guessing mm-hmm. it's funding. So TSS, I guess their moniker is MK. Their designation is MK. Second, the ultra indicates the security level of the program. And at the time, the most secret level of classification was ultra. And this mm-hmm. designation was hev- was in use mostly after World War II. So other related cryptonyms include Project MK Naomi and Project MK Delta. Isn't it funny that like we all know what ultra means? But thinking about it in terms of like level of like secrecy, like this is ultra fucking secretive, you guys. It just sounds silly when you say it. This is ultra. Secret. It really does. <laughs> ultra. So we got super secret. We got mega secret. And then ultra secret. I don't think I've ever used the word ultra outside of talking about MK Ultra. No, probably not. No, like never. Is not a word that comes up in my vernacular oh whatever i'm also not a surfer i feel like ultra is like a surfer term like ultra like ultra and gnarly kind of go together MK gnarly that would be a good that's one. true that's oh, what i'm MK that's gnarly gonna, that's what i'm gonna title any of my super secret projects mk gnarly <laughs> i want to name an animal mk gnarly <laughs> Okay, so the project itself. The origin of the project, according to author Stephen Kinzer, was a continuation of work that had begun in World War II in Japanese facilities and Nazi concentration camps. So right off the bat, Yikes. we have major red flags. Major. Um, ultra. Ultra red flags. So this sounds sinister from the jump. The experiments in these facilities were centered on subduing and controlling the human mind. Great. Kinzer wrote that MK Ultra's use of the drug mescaline on unwitting subjects was a practice started by Nazi doctors in the Dachau concentration camp. So mescaline is a Schedule I drug and is illegal in all forms in all 50 states. However, it's a hallucinogen or psychedelic, whatever you want to call it. Um, It is approved for use in certain religious ceremonies held by the Native American church. So it's a psychedelic drug and is similar in effect to LSD and mushrooms. So cool. So wild to me. Yeah, I think um, peyote is a type of mescaline drug. So like certain Native American tribes use peyote as a part of religious ceremonies or spiritual ceremonies. So that is allowed by the drug schedule. But you and I- not against someone's will. There's a huge difference. Yeah, huge difference. And uh, yeah, you and I can't just be out here dropping peyote in the backyard. Right, right. We could- but we could also get arrested. Exactly. Which seems, we don't want that. 
it seems crazy because mescaline is also from a plant. It is plant derived. It's not synthetic. So it's naturally occurring. And I always have a real problem with drugs that are fully naturally occurring being illegal. Like it's a little weird, but if it, you know, if it grows from the earth. I should be able to use it in whatever way I see fit on my own person. Mm-hmm. That's just, you know, whatever. That's a whole different situation. Yeah. We just can't be held responsible to do that though. That's right. That's right. Crazy. And in this project, more than 150 experiments were conducted on human patients, some knowing and some uh, unknowingly through the lifetime of MK Ultra. That's a lot of experiments. So many. Um, obviously, they can't specify how many uh, participants in the experiments were fully aware and how many were unaware. Right. But there are some big names that are going to drop later in the episode uh, who actually participated. And actually, I might be the only person in this party that knows those names. (laughs) (laughs) You're probably not wrong. Yeah. Uh, That is the overview of the project itself. Okay. So... The project was headed by Sidney Gottlieb, but began on the order of the CIA director, Alan Doolis, in 83. He's definitely not a douillet. No, that's, yeah. (laughs) And its aim was to develop mind-controlling drugs for use against the Soviet bloc in response to alleged Soviet Chinese and North Korean use of mind control techniques on U.S. prisoners of war during the Korean Korean War, which we touched on earlier. And the CIA wanted to use similar methods on their own captives and was interested in manipulating foreign leaders with such techniques, devising several schemes to drug Fidel Castro. Um, that's crazy to me. Yeah, no wonder Cuba hates us. Jesus Christ. It often conducted experiments without the subject's knowledge or consent, which is why this is just so wildly fucking terrible. Yeah. And in some cases, academic researchers were funded through grants from the CIA front organizations, but were unaware what the CIA was using it for. Right. So I think what was happening is that because a lot of these experiments were conducted at universities, um, Stanford being one of the major universities that pops up here. And so I think the CIA was just funding drug experiments, development with like chemists or chemistry people from universities and they don't know that they're going to use these on people who have not consented. So these chemists are just creating and developing these chemical compounds and they have no idea what it's for. So, I mean, they're just following. They're just, yeah. I mean, obviously if a CIA person approaches you and is like, I need you to research this, you're probably not going to be like, you know what? I don't think so. Yeah. 
it's so scary how shady and sketchy our own government can be. Yeah, it is. But at the same time, it's not surprising. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's certainly not. It's, it's 2000. No, I mean, it's 2021. We're all just very open to these ideas at this point because nothing yeah. surprises us. Nothing is surprising. The project was basically attempting to produce a perfect truth drug. So like a truth serum, which is a term I think people hear of a lot Mm -hmm. um, for interrogating suspected Soviet spies during the Cold War and to explore other possibilities of mind control. Sub Project 54 was the Navy's top secret quote, perfect concussion program, which was supposed to use the suboral frequency blast to erase memory, but the program was never carried out. That's so crazy to think about. Um, it, remind, it reminds me of a Jim Carrey movie, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. It's Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet. Fucking excellent movie. And they there's like a technology they have where they can go in and erase memory it's been a long time since i've seen that movie it a very long time it's one of my very favorites this is not surprising but most mk ultra records were destroyed in 1973 of course by order of cia director richard helms so of course it's been super difficult for investigators to gain a complete understanding of, you know, the more than 150 funded research subprojects, which was sponsored by MKUltra and then related to other CIA programs. It always seems like something we need now. The records have been destroyed. Of course. Of course. I don't know why they wouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we just destroy records of wildly horrific experiments conducted on unknowing participants duh yeah it's very convenient honestly i mean whatever no one cares fuck you richard holmes we'll just go ahead and say that so the project began during a period of what english journalist rupert cornwell described as a quote paranoia at the cia when the U.S. had lost its nuclear monopoly and fear of communism was at its height. And CIA counterintelligence chief James Jesus Angleton believed that a mole had penetrated the organization at the highest levels. And the agency poured millions of dollars into studies examining ways to influence and control the mind and to enhance its ability to extract information from resistant subjects during interrogation. God, this is so crazy. Yeah. I mean, I've heard plenty of podcasts on MKUltra. I've seen plenty of little mini docs on the History Channel and shit. Every time it's surprising. It's like hearing about it for the first time. Yeah, and the way that it's described as like a way to control the minds of people and um, coerce confessions and erase memory, it all sounds wildly fake. 
It sounds like, and it sounds terrifying. It's, it's terrifying. And it also sounds like this is that we are living in a Jason Bourne film. That's exactly what it it feels like. Like it can't be real. It can't be real. And this is definitely just a movie that Matt Damon is starring in. That's what this feels like. He is looking sprightly. So he could, he could pull it off still, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. So some historians assert that one goal of MKUltra and the related projects were to create a Manchurian candidate style subject. And American, histori- American historian Alfred W. McCoy has claimed that the CIA attempted to focus media attention on these sorts of ridiculous programs so that the public would not look at the research's primary goal, which was effective methods of interrogation. So obviously that makes sense. Yeah, misdirection, I'm 100% sure, is used in all of these secret uh, government agencies. That 100%. Misdirection is like an optimum tool for hiding shit without looking like you're hiding shit. Right. Duh. And when I think of, when I hear the term Manchurian Canada, I just think of Denzel Washington. Yeah. Because he was yeah. in the movie Manchurian Candidate. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So the scale of this project is huge. Um, one 1955 Ultra document that managed to survive some did it managed to survive the destruction of all the records and it gives an indication of the size and the range of what this project was aiming to do and it refers to the study of an assortment of mind-altering substances described as follows substances which will promote illogical thinking and impulsiveness to the point where recipient would be discredited in the public. Already. Weird. Substances which increase the efficiency of mentation and perception. So they want to make people fire more rapidly mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, materials which will prevent or counteract the intoxicating effect of alcohol. Okay, well, that seems like it doesn't have a place here. Materials which will promote the intoxicating effect of alcohol. (laughs) So alcohol. Materials which will produce the signs and symptoms of recognized diseases in in a reversible way. So they may be used for malingering. So they want to make people seem like they have illnesses. But they really don't. Okay, That, that one's a weird one. Materials which will render the induction of hypnosis easier or otherwise enhance its usefulness. Substances will enhance the ability of individuals to withstand privation, torture, and coercion during interrogation and so-called brainwashing. Materials and physical methods which will produce amnesia for events preceding and during their use. So there's the wiping the memory. Physical methods of producing shock and confusion over extended periods of time and capable of surreptitious use. (sighs) Substances which produce physical disablement, such as paralysis of the legs and acute anemia. So they want to make you paralyze and thin your blood. That's terrifying. That's terrifying. Uh, Substances which will produce, quote, pure 
euphoria with no subsequent letdown. There's a lot of points on this list, and I want to know how each of them are going to be accomplished. Well, I want to know how they're producing pure euphoria with no letdown, because that sounds like a winner to me. It just lasts forever. (laughs) You're just unendingly euphoric, just forever. That would be great, actually. Um, Start giving that out to the general population, and we would be golden. Yeah, I think that would solve all of our problems. Absolutely. Um, Substances which alter personality structure in such a way that the tendency of the recipient to become dependent upon another person is enhanced. Okay. Hmm. A material which will cause mental confusion of such a type that the individual under its influence will find it difficult to maintain a fabrication under questioning. So they won't be able to lie. So there's your truth serum. Mm Mm-hmm. Substances which will lower the ambition and general working efficiency of men when administered in undetectable amounts. Okay. Substance- useless. Yeah. Um, substances which will promote weakness or distortion of eyesight or hearing faculties, preferably without permanent effects. Oh, preferably, but not for sure. So maybe you'll be blind and deaf indefinitely. For fuck's sake. Um, a non- just... it, it's ultimate control. If they had a substance for each one of these on this list, it would be like devastating to the population of the earth. <sighs> a knockout pill, which can be surreptitiously administered in drinks, food, cigarette, as an aerosol, etc., which will be safe to use, provide a maximum of amnesia and be suitable for use by agent types on an ad hoc basis. What? Um, A material which can be surreptitiously administered by the above routes and in which very small amounts will make it impossible for a person to perform physical activity. I mean, why go through all this trouble? Yeah. Just get the truth out of someone and then just, just kill them. I mean, yeah, (laughs) we're wasting a lot of time here. We're we're waste. This is ridiculous. I mean, I just don't know what to say. I don't understand what's happening. Okay, weird. Well, that was the weirdest. Here's the thing that is so crazy about this: is these are government officials. They are high level government officials. And they sat down and made this list. Like, these are the aims of this project. This is what we hope to accomplish. We want it to be impossible for someone to perform physical activity after we give them this drug. Why? So they can't run away? Oh, so that's what you're doing with your six-figure salary. Cool. Cool. I don't think I have ever heard their projected goals listed out like that anywhere yeah so that's interesting there was a lot of them there's a lot a lot of them (laughs) oh my goodness that is just so wild it really is so some other related projects okay in 1964 mk search was the name given to the continuation of the MK Ultra program 
the MK search program was divided into two projects dubbed MK often and MK Chickwit. Yeah, I'm guessing Chickwit is someone's last name. That's what I'm thinking. It's C-H-I-C-K-W-I-T. So MK Chickwit. And funding for MK Search commenced in 1965 and then ended in 71. The project was a joint project between the U.S. Army Chemical Corps and the CIA's Office of Research and Development to find new offensive use agents with a focus on incapacitating agents. Of course, um, we've, we know this and it's terrifying. Its purpose was to develop, test, and evaluate capabilities in the covert use of biological, chemical, and radioactive material systems and techniques of producing predictable human behavioral and or physiological changes in support of highly sensitive operational requirements. Okay. Okay. Um, By March of 1971, over 26,000 potential agents had been acquired for future screening. The CIA was interested in bird migration patterns for chemical and biological warfare, which was CBW research, sub-project 139 designated, quote, bird disease studies at Penn State. Okay. Okay. Again, terrifying. MK often was to deal with testing and toxicological transmissivity and behavioral effects of drugs and animals and ultimately humans. MK Chickwit was concerned with acquiring information on new drug developments in Europe and Asia and with acquiring samples. So this is just all... It's all, it's all sinister. I mean... It's just all bad. We know that even now, many, many drugs, most, if not all drugs are tested on animals. It's, um, it sucks and I hate it, but I don't, there's, I don't know. I mean, obviously we do still test drugs on humans, but, uh, people volunteer for that shit and are compensated. So, yeah. Damn. I know it's so crazy so crazy um so anyway um the timeline is pretty short so i'm just gonna go right through uh you know since we don't have the documents we don't know a detailed timeline um right so in 1953 mk ultra was officially officially sanctioned in 1964 the project is reduced in scope officially. In 1967, it is further restricted. And in 1973, MKUltra is officially halted. Uh, CIA Director Richard Helms then ordered all MKUltra files to be destroyed once the project was officially ended. That's a long time. Yeah, it is. Um, 20 years. That's a long fucking time. 
1975 is when MK Ultra first came into public attention. Um, how the fuck did it take so long for anyone to realize what was happening? Yeah. 1970s. I guess they didn't have the 24 hour news cycle like we have now. Well, that's true. But uh, 1977, a Freedom of Information Act request uncovered somewhere around 20,000 documents relating to Project MKUltra that had managed to not be destroyed. They had apparently been misfiled. And so they weren't with all the other documents when Helms ordered all documents to be destroyed. So they were salvaged. And this led to Senate hearings involving the project later that same year. Um, I don't think anything ever really came of that Senate hearing because, I mean, I think most of the documents that were in those 20,000 documents that were salvaged were related to um, financial records and funding. So it wasn't a lot about the actual experiments and what was happening to the uh, participants, which is really unfortunate. Yeah. So nobody was actually really answering for what happened to those people. Yeah, of course not. Of course not. 2001, in July, some of their surviving information regarding MKUltra was declassified. It just is available out there. You can look at it. We will have a link to uh, a document. I think it's one of the Senate hearing documents uh, in our show notes. I looked at it. It's, I mean, it's a lot of jargon and whatever. It's interesting to look at and read. I didn't read the whole thing, but um, it's it's not, it doesn't have a lot of detail. So it's not going to yeah. be much, but you can't read it. And then again, in 2018, in December, further declassified documents, including a letter to an unidentified doctor discussing work on six dogs that were made to run, turn, and stop via remote control and brain implants. So that's fucking weird. Excuse me? Yeah. Yep. They put brain implants in six dogs and controlled them with a remote control. This is insane. That is horrifying. This insane. So... We all know kind of at surface level what MKUltra was all about, but we're going to kind of like dive a little deeper to it in this section. The experiments were conducted on not only test subjects from the U.S., but also Canada. Like we've stated, you know, they wanted to test methods of manipulating the mind and brain functions and also mental states of these subjects these people rather. So they gave the subjects very high doses of psychoactive drugs and the most well-known being LSD. Yes. Early CIA efforts focused on LSD-25, which later came to dominate many of MKUltra's programs. And the CIA wanted to know if they could make Soviet spies defect against their will and whether the Soviets could do the same to the CIA's own operatives. This is just 
this is just a not real. This could not have actually happened. Yeah. Once Project MK Ultra got underway in April of 53, the experiments included administering LSD to mental patients, which seems like a terrible idea. Yes. Prisoners, drug addicts, and sex workers, which were people who could not fight back, as one agency officer put it, which seems to be completely fucked up. Yep. Preying on wildly marginalized groups, of course. Yep. Of course. In one case, they administered LSD to a mental patient in Kentucky for 174 days. That's no, no. Mm-mm. I don't like that at all. I can't imagine putting, I mean, other than water, I couldn't imagine drinking three Dr. Peppers for 174 days straight. Mm. Oh my gosh. So, that's horrible. They also administered LSD to CIA employees, military personnel, doctors, other government agents, and members of the general public to study their reactions. Um, yeah, like sign me up for that. I'd love to be a part of this project. Cool. God. LSD and other drugs were often administered without the subject's knowledge. Duh. Or informed consent, duh. Totally. And a violation of the Nuremberg Code the U.S. had agreed to follow after World War II. The aim of this was to find drugs which would bring out deep confessions or wipe a subject's mind and program them as a, quote, robot agent. Which is kind of the concept of um, the Bourne movies, essentially. Yeah. like. Jason Bourne was someone else and then he joined this project they erase his memory of his old life and then he's just like a splinter cell and just the you know killer for the agent the agency so and Nuremberg is actually uh how they tried a lot of the Nazi officers Mm -hmm. Nuremberg trials wildly famous so it so soon after World War II, the U.S. is like, you know what? Fuck it. We're just going to violate everything we just agreed to after a yeah. horrible, horrible war in which millions and millions of people died. Eh, it's yeah. fine. Let alone human rights. Let it, you know, we're going to violate human rights. We're going to violate this this treaty we signed who cares if the people other people who have agreed to this code get mad and start Mm -hmm. another war that could cause millions of deaths we don't really care it's fine yeah we're the cia we we're the cia and we want this robot agent and we're gonna fucking make it so who cares Mm -hmm. we can do what we want yeah totally fucking science science bro one operation that MK Ultra conducted was referred to as Operation Midnight Climax. Now you can mm. probably guess uh, what this entails. It is very salacious, and I might steal this name and make my own adult film that I will direct, not star in. <laughs> I'll cast for this very tastefully. 
I wasn't sure what direction you were going with that. So I'm glad it ended up where it did. Now, if you wanted to star in one, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't not support you. Right. I just know that that's probably not something you would want to do. Yeah. Uh, not really my thing in particular, but I feel like, um, I could probably direct an adult film. Yeah. And I mean, if it's called Operation Midnight Climax, can you imagine like the backdrop and just like the uniforms? Yeah. We're going to go like very, very noir, Mm -hmm. dark colors, purples, probably. That's very great office settings. Yeah. That's very Midnight Climax. We're going to have finger waves and our ladies hair, Mm -hmm. you know. It's going to be very tasteful. Yeah. it's it, The demographic is probably going to shoot for women, obviously. Mm-hmm. We are mm-hmm. women making adult films for women. Get on board, people. Okay. So <laughs> the CIA set up several brothels within agency safe houses in San Francisco in order to obtain a selection of men who would be too embarrassed to talk about the events. Alrighty. Um, The men were dosed with LSD and the brothels were equipped with um, like filming equipment and two-way mirrors so that the conductors of the experiment could watch fucking perverts in the name of science, my ass. Just Um, unacceptable. Unacceptable. So not only are they violating human the basic human rights and drugging people against their will, they're also committing sexual assault. This is a peep yeah. show. Yeah. Jesus. So the sessions were filmed for later viewing and study. They're making sex tapes of these people without their knowledge or consent. Yeah. Gross. God damn. It, the, this it is just keeps insane. This is insane. Ugh. So in other experiments where people were given LSD without their knowledge, they were interrogated under bright lights with doctors in the background taking notes. They told subjects that they would extend their trips, obviously their LSD trips, if they refused to reveal their secrets. So that's horrible. The people under this interrogation were CIA employees, military personnel, and agents suspected of working for the other side in the Cold War. Uh, Long-term debilitation and several deaths resulted from this. And heroin addicts were bribed into taking LSD with offers of more heroin. So we're taking advantage of sex workers and men who solicit sex workers and drug addicts. Mm-hmm. great but it's fine because it's the cia doing it yeah that's right Fuck. That's this insane. is terrible Ooh, the next one no one is going to know who these people are but i love these people you go right ahead with this next one <laughs> okay so at the invitation of stanford psychology graduate student vic lavelle an acquaintance of Richard Alpert and the great Allen Ginsberg, 
and Ken Kesey. So Allen Ginsberg is an American poet. He's one of the beatniks. So usually you hear Allen Ginsberg along with Jack Kerouac, um, who wrote On the Road. And Allen Ginsberg, he wrote so many poems. One of the collections that I have that's my favorite is called Howl. It's beautiful. Um, Ken Kesey wrote One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which is... Hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, I've heard of that, yeah. obviously. Yes. M- most people are aware of that book and the the film. Mm-hmm. So, uh, great, great book. And I'm not surprised that Ken... Because Allen Ginsberg and Ken Kesey volunteered to take part in what turned out to be a CIA finance study under the a- aegis of MK Ultra at Manello Park Veterans Hospital. Um, the project studied the effects of psychoactive drugs, particularly LSD, psilocybin, which I think is mushrooms, uh, mescaline, mm-hmm. cocaine, AMT, and DMT on people. So basically these, these two beatnik authors signed up to take a lot of drugs. Um, right. Not surprising that Ken Kessie did this and then wrote One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest because that book is wild. Right. So, but if you're interested in the beatniks, look at Allen Ginsberg and Ken Kessie and Jack Kerouac, obviously. But Jack Kerouac was not involved in this. Yes. I've heard of him too. Most people have. Any of it, but. Yeah. Beat writers were. It was short-lived, it was weird, but good. But it happened, and it had yeah. to. They were pretty anti-establishment, so um, the fact that Allen Ginsberg actually consented to be a part of a government experiment kind of surprises me. Yeah, that is a little weird. Yeah, very unbeatnik of him. <laughs> okay, so like we said before, some of the subjects that participated like agreed to this and in these cases they seem to be singled out for even more extreme experiments so of course they're like hey sign me up they're like oh shit this person actually wants to do this so let's just fucking lay it on them Mm -hmm. which seems fucked up yeah but whatever In one case, seven volunteers in Kentucky were given LSD for 77 consecutive days. That is a long-ass time. MKUltra's researchers later dismissed LSD as too unpredictable in its results. (laughs) Fucking shocker. You you can't predict what someone's going to do while they're on LSD. That's insane to me. Oh, wow. And these are scientists and researchers? Great. Um, I mean, I guess it was back in the day, so whatever. whatever. They gave up on the notion that LSD was, quote, the secret that was going to unlock the universe. Sounds a little bit of an exaggeration. (laughs) Don't be so. But it did, it did still have a place in the cloak and dagger arsenal, because duh, it's LSD. Right. Um, By 1962, the CIA and the Army developed a series of super hallucinogens, such as the highly touted BZ, which was thought to hold greater promise as a mind control weapon. Mm. And 
This resulted in the withdrawal of support by many academics and private researchers, and LSD research became less of a priority altogether. I'm trying to figure out why they thought like hallucinogenic drugs were the answer to get someone to tell the truth. I really don't know um, at all. Not at all. That's so crazy. Um, That seems like opposite. Yeah. Because they won't know what's real at that point. Because they're hallucinating. They're hallucinating. I don't understand. Um, So BZ was um, an odorless, bitter tasting, incapacitating agent. And its structure is the ester of benzylic acid with an alcohol derived from quinilsalide. I don't know. So, yeah, I don't know. Very weird. Yep. Uh, hypothermia is considered part of a side effect. It affects the nervous system. It inhibits uh, glandular secretions leading to dry mouth and bad breath. Great. (laughs) Skin flushing, uh, hypothermia, inhibition of sweating. So it results in the inability to dissipate body heat, vision loss. Great. So yeah, all the, all kinds of good shit. Yeah. Yeah. So another technique investigated was the intravenous administration of the barbiturate into one arm and an amphetamine into the other. Great. Great ideas just across the board. Yeah. The barbiturates were released into the person first. And as soon as the person began to fall asleep, the amphetamines were released. So the person would begin babbling incoherently, and it was sometimes possible to ask questions and get useful answers. I'm sorry, what? It did that, yeah, I don't know. This seems weird. Uh, that sounds like um, like a speedball, you know, that yeah. heroin and cocaine. So hmm. real cool. Other experiments involved heroin, morphine, Tamazepam. Tamazepam, um, which was used under code name MK Search. Mescaline, psilocybin. I, I could never be a fucking uh, pharmacist. Yeah, psilocybin. Um, scoplamine, alcohol, and sodium pentothal. Yep. So there, I never want to say those words again. Mm, yeah. They administered electric shocks. And they also took part in sensory deprivation, isolation, verbal, and even sexual abuse. And they also tried hypnosis. Yeah. So those were kind of like the periphery experiments that they did. Most of it had to do with the like administration of drugs, but they also did these other things for whatever fucking reason. Right. So. At this point, you're asking yourself, uh, how on earth were people investigating MKUltra and uh, what exactly happened? Well, in 1973, during the government-wide panic caused by Watergate, CIA Director Richard Holmes ordered all files destroyed. 
as we've said. Um, pursuant to this order, most CIA documents regarding the project were destroyed, making a full investigation impossible. But a cache of 20,000 documents survived the purge and they had, as they had been incorrectly stored um, and were discovered following Freedom of Information Act requests in 77. They were fully investigated during the Senate hearings of 77. And as we said, the files were largely dealing with the financing of MKUltra Project. They contained few actual project details, but they were able to learn some things from the Inspector General's 1963 report. And one of the huge things that resulted from these documents was that at least one death was attributed um, to the project. There were probably a lot of deaths, but this one in particular had actual repercussions. So the result of the defenestration of Dr. Frank Olson um, was attributed to Dr. Olson being subjected unaware to experimentation nine days before his death. So the CIA itself has subsequently acknowledged that these tests had little scientific rationale and the agents conducting the monitoring were not qualified scientific observers. So Frank Olson was a scientist who worked for the CIA and at a 1953 CIA retreat, Olson drank a cocktail that had been secretly spiked with LSD. And a few days later on November 28, 1953, Dr. Olson tumbled to his death from the window of a New York City hotel room in an alleged suicide. So the family... Alleged. Alleged. Um, the family of Dr. Olson, of course, decided to have a second autopsy performed in 1994. And a forensics team found injuries on the body that had likely occurred before the fall. The findings sparked conspiracy theories that Olson might have been assassinated by the CIA. And after prolonged legal proceedings, Olson's family was awarded a settlement of $750,000 and received a personal apology from President Gerald Ford and the then CIA director, William Colby. So... I think $750,000 is not enough. Absolutely not. Just going to throw that out there. Not enough. And a personal apology from President Ford and the CIA director. I bet Frank Olson's family doesn't give two fucks about that personal apology. No. So. Not at all. Yeah. And uh, that's it. That's it. That's that a, was a lot of information. So much jargon happening. But it's just like, it really does sound like a condensed version of like a science fiction novel or movie. Yeah, it does. It really does. Um, it's insane. It, so, it sounds like something that isn't real and didn't, couldn't have happened. 
No. But it did. But it did, you guys. It fucking did. And especially when you talk about shit that the government did, you might want to, like, read about some of it for yourself. So always remember that in our episode description, all of our sources are there and they should be clickable. Yeah, I always try and go through and make sure that um, in our Google Doc of the sources, they're all, they all have their hyperlinks actually attached. So you should be able to click them and go directly to whatever document that link provides. So if you ever struggle with that, send us an email. Exactly. We will be here. We are always here 24 hours a day. 24 hours a day. There's one person I want to shout out in this episode after we say Haley and Ariel, you guys are just amazing. We just would have no logo. We would have no music if it weren't for you. So fucking yeah. props to that. Straight up props. Um, we do have a new, I guess our not new, it's our first ever set of stickers that we have had designed so the designs are done we're in the early stages of seeing how we can distribute them whether you know we're trying to get a website built for like merch and shit like that but my best friend Cheyenne designed these stickers they're amazing I love them so very much and I just want them all over my house. That would make a really excellent wallpaper. I think so. No, oh, we should look into creating actual wallpaper for that. So put oh it up gosh. in the pod pad. It would be very like retro looking. Yeah, like one one accent wall where it's just like the wallpaper of one of the stickers. Yeah, just the same, like especially like a circle one. Yeah. Just over and over. Yeah, that would be glorious. Uh, glorious. So, yeah, thank you so much to Cheyenne for designing those. Also, you guys, this week we suffered a loss in the pod family. We did. Um, Dakota and I rescued a newborn baby squirrel from our backyard. Dakota named him Ebenezer, but he was lovingly known as Little Knees. And, uh, you know, we tried to save him. We tried to um, put him back out in a little box to keep him warm so that his mom would come back and get him. And she didn't. She just fell all the way down on her job, didn't come back for Little Knees. And before I could contact the Missouri Department of Conservation, he unfortunately passed away. Fucking pour one out for knees tonight, you guys, or this morning. Yes, we, we're not here to judge when you're consuming your beverages. Um, but we did bury him, and he is just climbing trees wherever he is in his afterlife. So, yes, I mean, I feel like in his afterlife, he is now at least covered in fur. He, yeah, he has probably got the sickest tail 
right now. It's just, it's big, it's fluffy, and he is peacocking around with that shit fluffed to the max. Yes, I completely agree. Yeah. So that was our adventure this week was newborn baby squirrel. Little baby knees. I wish I could have met you. Yeah, he was teeny tiny and um, he was doing really well for a while. We got like a syringe and puppy milk so that we could feed him while waiting for his mom to come back for him. And we kept him warm. We, you know, had him in a towel. We had a little like bag of hot water under him so that would keep his little body warm. It just, his, uh, the odds were not in his favor. He's in a better place. He's in a better place. R.I.P. Little knees. Mm-hmm. So on that very, very sad note, mm. we just want to remind you guys to visit our socials. Yeah. If you feel compelled, you could totally give us a five-star rating, write us a little review. Shout out knees in your review. Yeah. Fucking yeah. shout out that sweet little baby squirrel who at least in his final days got to rest on the sickest waterbed there ever was yeah and um this is it this is it you guys we look forward to hearing from you and we just want you all to stay kind out there and stay weird okay goodbye